Good evening. You are listening to the Year Now podcast. I am all hyped up this evening and joining me tonight, I'm Craig, of course. We've got Bronwyn. Bienvenue. And Mark. Hey, um, I'm not hyped up. What What have you done that you're hyped up that I didn't get? Well, I was on a TV show tonight and I was a guest on that TV show. Mm. Police 10-7? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Uh, you, you, I mean, Matt, perhaps you should be on the show. I mean, it's a comedy show, so obviously you've got comedy potential. <laughs> Probably not in front of an audience or anybody that isn't just you two, so no. But no, thank you for the right. offer. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I was on the TV3 show uh, called Seven Days, which um, at the moment is being recorded on a weekly basis. Um, it's a comedy show um, run and hosted by Jeremy Corbett, who happens to be a um, a person I went to university with, so it was uh, quite amusing to be on the show. But anyway, I was on a it's a it's a basically a team, two teams of comedians sort of line up against each other and do all these various challenges and so on. And the thing that I was involved in was I was what's known as the guest who person. Oh, I see yeah. what they've done there. Oh <laughs> yes. So, so they made it really hard. <laughs> so oh. the idea, the idea <laughs> is that they have a guest who is somehow involved with a news story, and so the guest comes out with a bag over their head. So that was me tonight. <laughs> I came out with a bag over my head, stood there. What, and- what kind of bag is it? One of those countdown brown paper bags, or something a little bit more um, comfortable? Oh, it's a little- a little more fancy than that. It's a kind of a square, a square sack with a question mark on the front. So the the people get to see my body, but not my face. And I don't think that was much of help to them anyway, because uh, nobody would know me from a bar of soap. <laughs> now, now beforehand, before you went on air, you were sending us pictures and telling us actually throughout the day that oh, I'm going to go shop for some new clothes, and you had this pretty spiffy uh, lobster shirt. Yes, I did. So when you were in the green room, you weren't in the green room with any of the comedians at any point, so they wouldn't have been no, able to you know, do, do a Kevin Crookshank and pre-guess who you were? No, no, I didn't. I wasn't actually in the green room. I was in another room at the back because they didn't want me to um, interact with any of the of the people who were on the show um, because otherwise they might have been able to quiz me and say, who the hell are you? Yeah, so I was actually in the, in the room and met the current... Um, Minister of Police. Oh, uh, nice. Yes, because they have a segment <laughs> on there called Yes Minister, and they bring on um, somebody from Parliament and ask them uh, questions and try and get them to answer yes or no. <laughs> so they have to uh, avoid saying yes or no. Anyway, so I uh, I arrived on the set, led out by Jeremy Corbett, uh, with this uh, bag on my head, and then the teams had to ask me questions to which I could answer yes or no to try and figure out who I was and what the story was about. And um, and so just, the story obviously was our hundred thousand dollar challenge that we've just yes, released. How close indeed. did people get? Anywhere near? No, not really. They what were they the guesses? Oh, you can't danced tell us, around can't. it. They danced around it a bit, and uh, Jeremy had to give them quite a few clues in order to get to the the story. So they but, did make uh, it hard. Yeah, but there was some interesting questions along the way. I, I was asked um, if I was against domestic violence, to which I had to answer yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it's not what you're known for. It, it's not, you know, <laughs> the big thing in your life, your passion, um, yeah. fighting domestic violence. No. Exactly. Oh, no, that doesn't sound right. But, no, it doesn't. Uh, yeah, you, I mean, why would you say anything otherwise? Indeed, indeed. <laughs> so anyway, eventually, with a bit of help, uh, they figured out what the story was about and uh, therefore who I was. And then the the bag was removed and I got to um, sort of answer questions about our challenge uh, from the comedians. Uh, and and that was quite good because it, it was a pretty good opportunity to sort of talk about what the challenge was about, um, who we were challenging, um, and then sort of have a bit of banter about that. Um, and then nice. it all went. Then it all went off the rails because I I went to uh, university with Jeremy uh, Corbett, and so I brought along some incriminating photos of him dressed up in drag uh, from the <laughs> Capping Review show at Massey University back in the eighties, and uh, that was uh, yeah, that went pretty well. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so were there any contestants who seemed in any way like they were sympathetic to psychics or herbal remedies or anything like that? I don't think so. Um, when when I mentioned that um, we were challenging sleep drops, I think there was a bit of um, curiosity about that. And so I kind of had to explain that, well, the way sleep drops works is uh, they claim that you can put five drops of the of the potion underneath your tongue and that makes you sleep better and it's an extremely dilute concentration of herbs. So I'm saying, well, we're not saying that it doesn't work. We just want them to demonstrate that it actually does. So, awesome. yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be on uh, tomorrow evening, 7.30 p.m. on TV3. And, of course, uh, this podcast won't be out by then, but uh, you can always watch it on uh, TV3 on demand. And uh, no doubt we will put links up on the Skeptics page so that uh, people can see it. Yeah, so I've been doing a bit of media about the challenge lately. Uh, so we've we've had some some good coverage. Um, so on the weekend, there was an article in the Sunday Star Times um, that did a reasonably good job of covering the challenge and sort of talked about each of the people that we had challenged and a little bit of the background about them and sort of some of the um, excuses that they were putting forward for for not doing the challenge. Of course, they couldn't get hold of Calvin Crookshank, uh, so he's gone to the ground, I suppose. Too busy making money to um, answer anybody, I'm guessing. Yeah, exactly. And then on um, Monday evening, I did a short few minutes with um, Heather Duplessis-Allen on News Talk ZB uh, talking about uh, the challenge. So that was nice to get a bit of exposure, even if it was on a station that I wouldn't normally listen to. And it's always interesting uh, being on those stations and hearing the ads that they play beforehand. And uh, you hear things like uh, Health 2000 uh, advertising uh, immune support and all that sort of stuff. It, but some, something I've had, like, I've, you know, on and off over the years, I've spoken to Graham Hill. I've been lucky to speak on three different radio stations and each one, when talking with him, the advert beforehand are painful. I think sometimes I've even gone up and spoken about, you know, the same company that's selling these bogus adverts <laughs> after the adverts. Just it just coincidentally it's lined up. And I've I've basically told the audience that what they're selling is absolute nonsense. But yeah, I it seems like quite a few adverts are not great on those um those talk radio channels, unfortunately. Mm, indeed. Well at least it's not um reality check radio that we're on. <laughs> Just Can't imagine we'll ever be invited on there. 
I don't think we'd say yes if we were, right? This doesn't sound like the kind of venue where we'd get a fair hearing, anything other than a crucifixion. Bronwyn, you were saying? Oh, no, I'm just saying, you know, it could happen. You know, would you go? Would you go on Reality Check Radio if they gave you a spot? No, I don't. Uh, so uh, watch TV3. It's an entertaining show. I had a lot of fun. It was uh, lots of laughs. So and And the really cool thing is if you actually go along and be an audience member, they give you two free drinks and they give you a nice hot pie and a Whitaker's chocolate bar and, yeah, all good, all nice. Two, hang on, two free drinks? Yeah. You, like you, alcoholic drinks? Are they getting you yes. drunk so you're a bit more entertaining? Exactly, yes. Ah. What are we going on to next? The, the Buddha Stones. Yeah, so I wrote an article about a yet another spam email that I get. And I think this is a particular company that I do click unsubscribe on their emails sometimes, but I think they resubscribe me to new mailing lists as quickly as I can unsubscribe because the formula they use for their emails, the way they look, are quite similar. Um, and this one was the Buddha stone. It was this weird blobby looking rainbow colored stone um, that was a money magnet, apparently. You could use this in order to attract money to yourself or for a little extra money, you could buy a portal plate and you could sit it on the portal plate and it was even more powerful at attracting money to you and making you rich. Um, now, the first thing I did, and I go into a bit of detail on the newsletter about it, is I wasn't going to click on the link. I didn't want to let them know that their spam was working. So I basically started off by dissecting what the link was, having a look at whether there were any clues as to how they were tracking me in it. Um, and then I just went and did a Google search. I Rather than clicking the link to find the thing, I picked some keywords from the email and I used those to do a Google search and went to the website separately so that there was no tracking going on whatsoever. Um, and when I got there, it was just a smorgasbord of nonsense. Like I started... <laughs> at the Buddha stone. And I had a look at some more detail of this and I did a little bit of searching. I put the image into um, the Google image search and I found what it was. It looked like it was hematite, which is pretty cheap. So they were selling cheap rocks for what have we got, like $100 or something. But then the offer at the bottom of the page went even further, which was that for $285, US not only could I get my Buddha stone and my charging portal plate, I could also get a wishing machine. And at this point, it was like, okay, so now we've got another product. And this thing just looks shonky. Um, I'm assuming you guys have seen the pictures. It's basically like mm -hmm. a board of wood with nine dials just stuck to it. Presumably they turn. It looks like they turn. The description suggests that they do turn. But I honestly wouldn't have been surprised if the guy had glued them on. And then just two metal plates. Um, and this is the wishing machine that is meant to make a wish come true. And it seems like only one wish at a time and you dial it into the wish that you want. But there was a testimonial about somebody that had multiple of these running at the same time, fulfilling multiple wishes. So I guess there's more money to be made if you can sell more than one of these. Next thing I found, each web page seemed to link to another one. The next thing I found was a free one, which I was happy with. Uh, this was a, a picture of... Um, 
maybe some kind of galaxy or maybe it was just a, a gas nebula or something. And it was in the shape of a smile, if orientated in a certain direction. And this picture you were supposed to use as a wallpaper and it would bring you luck if you put it on your phone or on your PC. And then from there, I ended up at the prayer board, which seemed to be some weird geometric board with a crystal you put on it. And then finally, I ended up at some weird psionic dematerializer, which had an invisibility cloaking material. It looked like invisibility cloaking, maybe. It was an empty test tube. I presume you trust that what's in there is an invisibility cloak and you can't see it. Um, and then it had a key of Solomon and it had raw black tourmaline. And at that point, I'd managed to link back to the wishing machine. So I was in a loop going from page to page on this website. And it was all just a bunch of nonsense, but it was such badly done nonsense. I honestly don't know how this guy managed to get anybody to buy it. It just, it all looked cheap. It The website looks like it's from the 90s. Um, uh, maybe it's just the volume of spam that he uses that makes him money. Presumably he is making money, but it all looked really tacky. I was a little bit surprised that he's still around selling this nonsense. Um, hmm. You know, looking at what you wrote, Mark, you know, he apparently he's been on quite a few American cable specialty cable channels, you know, National Geographic, <sighs> the not so history channel, as we would like to call it, Discovery Channel, Travel Channel, TLC, which is no longer the learning channel in a way, Animal Planet. I mean, have you had a chance to see what he was doing or what sort of talking head? No, I, I mean, I think maybe if he's telling the truth, which I wouldn't be convinced is the case. I'd imagine it's going to be small segments on these, just a talking head for a few seconds, maybe. He mainly, this guy that runs these um, websites selling these products is called Joshua P. Warren. And yeah, I I would imagine maybe they just wheeled him on for a few seconds as a ghost expert, a ghost hunter. This seems to be his main thing. He runs a... Um, one of those mystery shack style places, and he runs ghost tours in his home city in America. But there was one that I did recognize, and I was like, oh, I know that I've watched that show. Like, I have it in my collection of TV shows as one of the most trashy pseudoscientific pieces of nonsense I found yet. It's called paranormal paparazzi um and it's just it's kind of riding on ghost hunt and other paranormal shows but it was just scraping the bottom of the barrel the first episode i think had the mothman on it um it had some guy who's a professional exorcist performing an exorcism of some teenage girls that looked wrong in several different ways and i ended up going down another rabbit warren at the time of um looking at that guy that did exorcisms and he seems like all types of weird. But yeah, when I went back and looked at this, um, this TV show again and watched the first episode, sure enough, there was Joshua P. Warren, this guy who's spamming me. He was one of the stars of the show. In this one, he wasn't just a talking head for a few seconds. He was actually one of the main presenters. And it was kind of hilarious that I'd seen him years ago and just thought about how awful the whole thing was. And, and now he's basically filling my inbox with nonsense. But one thing I can say about him, he was good. He was confident. He presented well. Um, he seemed to be a good fit for that bad show. So he did something right, but obviously not the stuff he's selling. The stuff he's selling is just, oh, I mean, I'd be tempted to buy it just to put it on my shelf of nonsense because it's so bad. But I'm guessing the uh, shipping costs from the US would be prohibitive, unfortunately. You could build one yourself, though, couldn't you? 
That might be tempting, but I think even though the wishing machine looks like a board, apparently it is hollow and there is some wiring in the middle. So I might have to figure out how that works. Mm. But looking into it, he claims that the wishing machine is radionics and radionics. I, I looked it up and basically the guy that started radionics, um, this whole idea that there are frequencies and these frequencies can be used for various things. A lot of it in the early days was health. Uh, a lot of it was the idea, as we see in bioresonance, that the body has a frequency and this frequency is like a normal operating frequency when you're healthy. And if your frequency changes, um, it can show that you have illness and how your frequency changes. And obviously this frequency is totally made up from beginning to end. Nobody's measuring any frequency or anything like this, but they say that there's this frequency and when it goes wrong, you can then write it. Look, you can look at how the frequency has changed and you can feed into the body a counter frequency that will undo the bad disease frequency and lo and behold, you get well. And the guy that started this, he basically made a whole bunch of machines in about the 1910s. He was selling them in the US um, and apparently on disassembly, like I'm guessing this wishing machine is, it's just a jumble of wires. There's nothing that makes sense. There's nothing in the back of it that actually does anything electrically or electronically. It's just solder a few wires together, make it look confusing and scary enough that people see it and think there's something going on, uh, and then hope that you know you can find a new sucker every so often and sell one. So, yeah, I, I think maybe if I was uh, just to get my soldering iron and a few wires and do a little bit of soldering, I could probably make the same thing that this guy is selling. Yeah, because when I watched the video, it kind of implied that there was actually nothing on the inside, but... I don't know. Anyway, yeah, just weird. Oh. But the um, the word radionics is actually quite interesting because I'm sure that radionics was actually a real um, profession that you could be a radionics technician. Um, and maybe it's a fairly old word now, but I'm pretty sure that like in the in the army and the air force, they used to have radionics technicians. Probably. I mean, you know, it's, it's radio frequencies, although mm. a lot of people that were selling radionics in the early days, they tried to claim that it was a different type of frequency that, you know, nobody could measure it because it wasn't actually a radio frequency. It was a health frequency that only their special devices could measure. So there's a whole bunch of hand waving, which we see so often as skeptics. But yeah, I, I can imagine there being a real radionics, which is stuff to do with radio waves. And obviously the military use that kind of thing a lot i also think radionics is a brand name as well yes. oh so is a radionics it? technician it could just be sort of one of those um specializations you know you get a certificate like you would with microsoft or what have you and you're Maybe. right you're a yeah. brand well, it's technician. obviously it's obviously it's a combination of radio and electronics yeah. would seem to be sounds the, cool the what it sounds like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it does and especially in the early 1900s i'm sure it would have sound like like so many of those alternative medicines right it's you know People figure out something new and it's very quick that others then start packaging it and selling it as a panacea. Ooh, sulfur. Yes. If you take our sulfur tablets, they'll cure everything. Ooh, uranium. You need some uranium in your diet and so on and so forth. So uh, I wrote about um, some gummies that you can buy. Leading into this, I revealed in the newsletter that I play Words with Friends, uh, which uh, seems to be a game that skews uh, much more to a female audience, but anyway, I enjoy enjoy playing it, or at least that's been my experience with the uh, the people that I play. 
Although Matt tells me that he is going to challenge me to a game. I don't In- think I said that. I think I said I was going to kick your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, uh, the challenge is on, and it's not the uh, Skeptics Challenge. But anyway, uh, so Words of Friends, because I refuse to pay the $20 a month or something that they want for uh, removing the ads from it, every time you play it, you play a turn, quite often you have to suffer through an ad. And so I was watching... uh, I generally tend to avoid the... not even watch the ads they display, and then I click off and go and do something else. I noticed some of the ads that were appearing were for these weight loss gummies. And so they making this out, these outrageous claims about how you can lose um, 45 pounds in just 15 days. Um, and so they have images um, of a woman in a very, very, very tight pair of jeans um, and, then, and then a top that looks exactly the same in the next image, but it could be the same woman. It might be a different woman. It's very hard to tell. But I don't think this is this is real at all. I think that they've used either two different people or they've used uh, Photoshop to make the woman uh, look larger, all sorts of tricks like that, I guess. Anyway, so these gummies, they're claiming that you just take one gummy a day and um, then it'll magically... Uh, uh, melt off all of this, all of this weight that uh, you don't want to be carrying on your body. Um, and so, when you go and click through the link, it leads to a web page where um, it was claimed that this product was featured on the Shark Tank TV program. And the Shark Tank TV program is a um, a show where they have various sort of entrepreneurs come and present their ideas and the Shark Tank people can choose which one they're going to fund and basically turn it into a business and a real product that they go and sell. And I um, watched so it the other is- day. I, I watched this because I was at, I was on holiday for the weekend and I was in a place that only had, I guess, live TV. There was, you know, no clever smarts for streaming. And yeah, I ended up just sitting in front of the TV and watching the episode where they turned down the guy that had made was it Doorbot would ended up becoming Ring and is now worth several billion dollars. So I kind oh, of enjoyed wow. watching them fail that badly. Ah, oh, well, maybe they should have um, they should have uh, taken these uh, gummies then. But apparently, uh, it's complete bullshit because the uh, the Shark Tank never actually did an episode that featured these gummies. So oh, they're kind they of using lied. the Shark Tank. Yeah, they're just using the Shark Tank name in order to promote the concept of these gummies and that it's a fantastic product that that is guaranteed to work. Um, So um, my wife, Susan, pointed out that uh, she'd seen a YouTube video where um, there was um, these gummies were being promoted by sort of minor celebrities in uh, various countries. And so in New Zealand, they chose to use Petra Bagist, who um, was a a TV presenter from the 90s and 2000s. And I think she kind of left television in the early 2010s. Um, I think she was on one of the breakfast TV shows. Um, But anyway, so they put they put together this video purportedly showing Petra Bagist um, carrying a lot of extra weight um, and 
and how she was using these gummies and it had been fantastically successful with with her and uh, she dropped uh, 40 40 pounds in two weeks or something like that, (laughs) which is obviously absolutely ridiculous. And so what the guy was thinking was that they were using some sort of AI to simulate her voice and um, make her her say these things. Um, To me, when I had to listen to it, it actually didn't sound very much like Petra Vegas at all. So I think they just had some sort of... um, she's She's got quite an English accent, even though she... I think grew up in Christchurch, um, but she, yes, sounded a little bit like her. Um, they had sort of a video of her when she was looking relatively uh, thin, and then they had these images where she was a lot larger. Um, so I guess they've sort of done some sort of Photoshop job in order to put these images together, and all in terms of using her image and sort of brand to promote these gummies to um, people who are gullible enough to go and buy them. I wonder if they use any other techniques as well, because one I've seen before that's interesting is, you know, there are the, I think Cameo is the big site, but there are some sites where you can basically pay a few hundred bucks and get a celebrity to read something out. And I've seen products where they use this. They basically write an advert and they'll pay a lot of it, I think, is right-wing conservatives in the U.S., but you can pay like 500 U.S. dollars and they will read out, sometimes without questioning it, pretty much anything you give them. And I've definitely seen adverts for nonsense products where that's what they've done. They've gone for, in fact, I saw one that was a Shark Tank celebrity. I can't remember which one it was, but they paid one of the Shark Tank guys 500 bucks in order to make an advert for their product. And he just read out the copy and and that was it. And then, you know, once that's done, his name is attached to that. He doesn't care. He's made $500 um, and they've got what they need. They've got a celebrity name attached to their nonsense. Mm. Yeah, I guess the difference here would be, though, that this is this is Petra Vegas promoting a product about weight loss that she's personally achieved. And I can't imagine yep. that she's going to go and record a, a an ad for that. Um, so yeah. these keto gummies seem to actually be really, uh, really popular. When you Google them, there's actually a ton of different suppliers. And so I was really kind of surprised about that. Um, so they have this compound in them called BHB, which, which Bronwyn, you wrote about in your um, MLM article about Prove It. Yeah, you? yeah. I mean, it's, you know, BHB is really one of those. Um, it's available in supple- supplements. Um, and it's really one of the only ketones that you that you can eat, you know, that you can digest um, from an external source. So you can have it as a powder, you can have it in a gummy form. Hmm. But the idea is that it puts your body into ketosis. Now, often your body only produces ketones and goes into ketosis when you're sort of after a period of prolonged starvation or fasting. Um, there is some evidence, but from very small studies, like we're talking less, you know, maybe less than double digits in terms of participants where it does sort of find that it can decrease blood glucose levels, but you know, the jury's still out as to whether, you know, it increases energy it increases your power when you are doing your high level activities or whether, you know, it's effective for weight loss. And a lot of these studies are done on elite level athletes, which, you know, something to keep in mind when you're looking at the deceptive advertising, um, there was an old, episode of Penn and Teller's bullshit many, many years ago. And one of the things they show is how they'll hire these athletes who have been out of practice because of an mm, injury or, or illness. Injuries. Yeah. 
And then, you know, yes, they kind of maybe technically use the Bowflex or whatever miracle cardio machine that they're using, but they don't tell you that these athletes are probably going back to their five hour day trainings and their hyper-restrictive diets. And yeah, of course, Bowflex did help them lose all that weight and get their six pack abs again. And when I looked at that pictures, pictures of the woman with the same top, I'm like, yeah, she actually could, she actually does look similar. Her top's the same. Now that could be all AI, but at the same time, if you follow influencers and how they tell you about all the tricks that they use, it could actually just be, okay, she's got on a bigger pair of pants. She's mm. at a different angle. It's a different lighting. You know, it's just maybe more of a trickle of light than actually a... Any I, can't, I, I can't actually tell whether it's the same person. And maybe that's just me. But when I see faces like that, so I actually really struggle to compare two faces side by side and say, yes, that's definitely the same person. Just to interject quickly, um, with the the few sentences that Bronwyn just said, I just want to ask you, Bronwyn, the number of times that you used air quotes in that, are your fingers tired? Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a lot of air quoting there because, was. yeah, that Bowflex could be helping you to lose weight. Um, yeah, I mean, okay. you know, like 0.001% maybe, right? Yeah. So um, I th- a couple of points. So I think from what I know about ketones, it seems to me that they are a, a byproduct of basically completely eliminating carbs out of your diet. And so your body produces ketones that then do something to magically make you lose weight. So it seems kind of implausible to me that you could then just get that process started by ingesting ketones. Well, well it's, maybe that's me. <laughs> with the MLMs and probably with this whole taking the gummies process, it's you're, it's not just about taking the product. You have to combine it with a low carb diet. Right. Yeah, so that's sure. kind of what prove it sells. They, you know, there is a diet yeah. recommendation to, in order to make these products, you know, work optimal. Here we go. Mark my air quotes. My fingers are getting your <laughs> exercise today. Um, you know, to make those products work, you know, optimally. That's what it was. So I, and I think this happens with a lot of products. Like, you know, we see with the collagen products, the idea that your body needs collagen. Therefore, if you swallow collagen, your body's going to be fine. It's like, no, when your body needs collagen, it makes it. And if it can't make it, it's probably because you're getting old. Um, but you can't just swallow a product that your body needs and that makes it bioavailable. This is way overly simplistic thinking for these things. And there's so many products on the shelves that don't work um, where this is the case. You know, all the um, all the bio yogurts and stuff like that or a similar kind of thing. The naive idea that by swallowing it, the, the body's magically going to know what to do with it rather than just break it down and digest it. It's like the IVs that people and a lot of celebrities and influencers are using now, like the IV vitamin C. You know, you're just making expensive urine. Um, so I just searched in my email because I've I've chased up these gummy bears before, and it looks like last October I actually put in a report to the company that runs the .xyz domains um, because I'd found on Facebook a an advert which I'd clicked on to have a look at these gummy bears, and at um, keto-gummies.xyz, the whole website was basically built to look like CNN. And I was like, oh, no, that's not okay." So I reported them for basically pretending to be a reputable news agency. Um, And I've just checked the site is down. This is like six months later, though. So whether that was me or not, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, it was it was surprising just how close to the real CNN website they'd made theirs look figuring Mm. they could get away with it. And, you know, people will see it go. Oh, yeah. Look, CNN says the keto gummies work. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, is it sort of, you know, like that 
Amazon bookseller I profiled. You know, it's just a bunch of people who are locking in onto these drop shipping items that they can bring in from overseas, relabel them. Yeah, that might well be the case. And often with MLMs, we see then that the MLM puts our hands up and goes, we can't be responsible for what our supply or what our sellers do. You know, we tell them not to be uh, unethical and do anything illegal, but we can't stop them. It's it's horrible whenever that happens. It seems to be such a popular tactic with the MLMs just to cover their own butts while still having their products sold using a whole lot of lying. Mm -hmm. So I guess we have to say that um, the only proven way to lose weight is to um, expend more energy than you're taking in. So diet and exercise, right? The thing that every doctor tells you when you go to them and you're not healthy, they'll basically tell you diet and exercise. And we're very used to ignoring our doctors when they say that. <laughs> sure. Before we go on to another topic, I, I need to connect to my cult, if that's okay, for a few minutes. I just want to check how it's going. But my online fellowship has just started for tonight. Should we, uh, should we see if we can hear something interesting? Sure. All right, here we go. Oh, my God, it's karaoke. Okay. Fear in my heart me to follow Every day I think that's probably enough of that one. I'm I'm gonna hang Sounds up and so I will earnest. rejoin. I, I will rejoin bad. the call after. <laughs> so Mark, are you gonna get to sing? No, I read. Hang on, hang on. There we go. I, I read out passages, um, but I don't sing. They, they have started talking about me recently, about how uh, Brother Mark is a white fella. Um, and <laughs> they love my reading. Apparently, they listen to my reading to try and figure out how to pronounce words. <laughs> right. Well, you could, you, could, you could infect them with mispronouncing some words. Uh, that would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> it would be, but do you know what? My brain couldn't do that. Uh, my brain would be like, no, that's wrong. You you have to be it, correct. You have to pronounce actually, things properly. It's actually kind of sweet that you're teaching them the English language, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. And only by accident while talking about how the lightning is coming from the east. And the brother says that thou must something, something, something. Yeah, I guess you'd have to choose a word that wasn't commonly understood as to how to pronounce it and, and then to deliberately mispronounce it in order to infect infect them. Yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of misunderstanding of words. I think what's happened with this Eastern Lightning cult is that the people who are writing their new text have kind of read the Bible and they're trying to emulate it. So it's very wordy. Lots of archaic words are being used. It's not quite King James, but it's still a real mouthful to read. And I'm not surprised that most people trying to do these readings from the words of Almighty God are failing miserably because some sentences, they don't even make sense. They're not proper English. Um, and it's just, it's quite painful sometimes to have to read them. They've had English members and have had sex in English countries for quite a while. Like we're talking about, a few, you know, two or three decades now, aren't we? I, yeah. So it started in the early 90s. And I can imagine the push to other countries out of China was fairly early. But it seems like maybe there are waves at different times of trying to um, push into new countries. And New Zealand is part of their current wave. They're really trying to 
pull people in over here. And I was, as I said, I was on holiday for the weekend um, up in Hamilton, but this was the first week of an in-person meeting in Porua. So I missed our first in-person at a service. I'm hoping that this weekend coming, I'll be able to make it along to one. It's going to be a bit weird, but I'm a little bit nervous, a little bit excited. Um, I, I will report back once it's happened, if I'm not kidnapped, of course. Um, so just coming back to the pronunciation thing, you will both be aware of the mountain range, the very tall mountain range that, that runs through Asia. Tell me how you pronounce that word. Um, Himalayas, but I'm guessing it'll be Himalayas. Well, well done for actually understanding what mountain range I was talking about. Yes. <laughs> but what's what's the correct pronunciation? So, so I've heard Himalayas as well as Himalayas before. Yeah. So from what I understand, it's meant to be pronounced Himalayas. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. That's very different to what I've ever heard. Did you find well, that out from a comedian tonight? <laughs> no, I didn't. No, no, no. And so the only way I know this is because many, many years ago, probably well over 10 years ago, I started listening to a podcast and the guy was saying, he was talking about the Himalayas and he made the comment that, yes, that is the correct way to pronounce it. So that's the only evidence that I have. Um, but the fact that he actually made the comment that this is the correct way to pronounce it. I don't believe he was pranking um, his podcast listeners, but I believe that that actually probably is the correct pronunciation. But obviously, uh, Western folk tend to pronounce it as Himalayas. I, after the podcast, I will go on to YouTube and search for a pronunciation and, mm. and I will get this right because I like it when I can pronounce something right. You know, you, you look clever, right, when you're pronouncing something differently to everybody else and you know that it's right. Like I say sick instead of seek. Um, for the religion, because I've I've watched a few videos now where people have talked about how important it is to use the words correctly and pronounce them correctly. And so I talk about the Sikh religion, even though obviously it's a little bit confusing in English because we already have a word Sikh. But I, mm. I think it's good to try and pronounce things properly. It's um, respectful, I guess. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so coming back to the um, products, um, so if I wanted to advertise my gummy beer product, um, where would be a good place to do that, Bronwyn? Well, I think you already found it. I mean, if they're obviously finding customers online. <laughs> yes, but if I wanted people driving through the streets to be able to see <laughs> my ad for gummy beers, where would be a good place to put them? Well, boy, howdy. Did I miss? Did I drop that one? Um, <laughs> but I do have a cost, I do have a company to recommend, and it could be Jolly Billboards. Um, they're not known for their MLM marketing, however, many of us will be very familiar with their with the advertisements that they posted up about the COVID nineteen vaccine, particularly their criticism from Voices for Freedom about the numerous vaccinations that were required over the past two or three years. And well, yeah, I've, uh, sure. I've had all five of mine. I've had my three to four. Okay. I lost five. count since we no longer have the passport, the passport, the vaccine passport. So hmm. I know I'm due for yeah. my next one. Yeah. No, five is right because there were the first two originals and then there were two boosters and I've had a few of the booster. Ah, uh, you were eligible for the second booster. Gotcha. Yes. Cause I'm old. Yeah. I didn't want to say it because I say it way too much already, but yeah, cause you're old. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I need to go and get. They're doing the combined flu and booster now, aren't they? So I need to go and get that done soon. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not in a single vaccine. It, you still get two injections, but they oh, have the bivalent. Gonna... They have the bivalent COVID vaccine, which um, has better um, protection against um, the Omicron variant. But they're going to stab me twice. Yep. Yep. Oh. And in fact, I, I got mine. I got mine done in the same arm, and I had uh, two stripes of uh, sticking plasters over my two injection points. Anyway, sorry. Carry on about the billboards. Yeah, so Jolly Billboards uh, began in October 20th, 2020 by Jonathan Drum. Now, Jonathan Drum has had his hand in a lot of New Zealand companies, um, such as Beauty Book, Fashion and Zed, this press-on-nail company, um, Teddy Lane, Hazmat, as well as Go Media, which is another billboard company. So he's very much into the startups. Um, he is Wellington, well, Wellington, Lower Hut, born and bred. And seems to have some connections to Destiny Church. That they uh, all. For a while, his partner in business was a Sally Kogel, who is a UK import. She's also had maybe 15 years experience in advertising. But if you're in Christchurch, you would have probably known her as a candidate for the Linwood Ward for the 2022 Christchurch City local, local elections, which she lost. So she's a loser. Uh, that was my words in the article. I will uh, I will attest to that in a very literal sense. <laughs> it's unclear whether she's still involved with the company. Both her LinkedIn, her well, her LinkedIn is sort of the one thing that says that she is still involved as a national sales manager. However, she is no longer listed on the company's register as a share as a shareholder. Um, but she did sort of pick up in the news a few months after the election alongside you know, Kyle Chapman, everyone's uh, not so favorite white supremacist, because uh, they were tr- they were harassing the drag queen story time at the Christchurch Library, causing all sorts nice. of problems. But um, as I said, you know, when you look at the history of the company on the website, he uses all the all these sort of benign ads in the place of, you know, look, here's what your location will look like with an ad. You know, it's all of his companies, Hazmat, Beauty Book. These are all companies that he owns or is a, a director of. And then you could still go around Wellington and find all the places where they have the Voices for Freedom ads, you know, stuff that says, just one more and I'll be allowed my freedom back. Those old ads are still up two or three years later. Mm. Um, they are, they were one of the first advertisers of the Reality Check Radio, which we mentioned, and um, Hobson's Pledge. Now, Mark, you um, had some experience with the Hobson's Pledge billboard. <laughs> Yeah, so I was um, I was at the dentist with one of my daughters um, a while ago, and um, we went into the dentist room, and I looked out the window, and there was a nice picture of a dove, um, and then I noticed that it was Hobson's Pledge, which is the New Zealand not Aotearoa, um, and I'm sure most of our listeners will know what's going on behind that and how it's not quite as innocent as it looks. But I talked to the dentist and uh, and sympathize with them that they had to stare at this piece of racist nonsense outside the window. And then a couple of months later, went back again and the billboard had gone and been replaced by a Voices for Freedom one. And <laughs> the dentists were like, oh, my goodness, hang, it doesn't get any hang better. God, back the truck up. What's this about dentists? You told me you hadn't been in 35 years. What? Not 35 years. No, my daughter was at the orthodontist. Oh, right. Oh, okay. I hadn't been to the dentist for quite a few years, although I did go a couple of weeks ago. I finally, after going to the optometrist, (laughs) I behaved myself and I booked myself into the dental hygienist as well. So I've got sparkling teeth now. 
That's right. I remember now. Yes, no, you were saying that you hadn't been to an optometrist in a long time. Not ah, yeah, okay. but the dentist right. I'd left a few years. But I'm look, 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 look at my teeth. Don't they look <laughs> oh, nice? Very nice. Lovely. Yeah, see. Lovely. <laughs> so yes, billboards. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but the one that really caught my attention was sort of a blink and you miss it moment moment in Lower Hut, where we had this black background, white text. And it was the definition of a woman as an adult human female <laughs> noun and whatnot. And I'm like, hmm, that could be benign, but I don't think it is. And of course, you know, looking when you look into the history of that ad, it's very much attached to Parker Posey. Now, if you've been following the news. Posey, and- Posey Parker. Posey Parker, Parker Posey, one of you. <laughs> um, she, so for anyone who is not aware, maybe you are aware, um, this person is a very well-known extreme, what we call a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. And they were in Auckland back in late March for a, a starting a speaking tour. And this person- Hang got- on, hang on. You said they. Yeah, you're Surely deliberately not pronouns using pronouns are, here. What, what's going on? Sorry, you are correct. She <laughs> she attended. She was in what she was in Auckland, and she got um, doused with some tomato juice. <laughs> and people, there was some punches thrown. People got hurt, uh, but the ultimate conclusion was that she would not be going to Wellington to continue her speaking tour, and she fled the country. Hmm. Um, this particular poster of adult human female was initially designed uh, back in about 2018 in response to the Liverpool mayor voicing their support for the trans community. So it's very much an anti-trans ad. Now, the the group that paid for it, which is called Speak Up for Women, and they kind of came to um, prominence in New Zealand news back when they had the birth birth marriages and relationships bill. And then that bill, they were going to, you know, make it rather than make it a complex court process for someone to change their um, sex demarcation on their birth certificate. It was simply just going to be a simple bureaucratic thing. You fill out a form, you submit it and the birth certificates change. Well, this group Speak Up for Women didn't like that. And they had posted this similar billboard by the Michael Fowler Center and a couple other places in Wellington and in New Zealand. Um, But the ad ended up being taken down. Now, these ads at the time, because Jolly Billboards wasn't around, was um, advertised by Go Media. And Go Media, I recently saw, had a nice little ad from the chiropractor's board saying, we say no to the therapeutic products bill. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we know we're Go Media. Go media stands, but I will say at the time, um, Johnny Drum and Sally Kogel were not part of Go Media at that time when this anti-trans ad went up. Speak up for women were quite upset that that ad in 2018 came, or that ad in about 2021, sorry, came down because they're like it was supposed to be up for weeks. It was supposed to be all around the country, and now it only lasted a day. I think this time around, um, it was only meant to last a day to coincide with. Um, Parker's visit. And I think that was probably quite a deliberate choice, a blink and you miss it. And then, mm. you know, people may not actually see it long enough to make a complaint or it's considered so, a self-limiting issue. So therefore a complaint can't necessarily be issued if it's, you know, or there's no satisfaction in having someone saying, yeah, I take that ad down. If the ad's only going to be there for maybe seen by anyone mm. for a period of 12 to 24 hours. Yeah. So do you think those sorts of ads that 
sort of promote a turf perspective are actually effective on anybody but turfs. I mean, is it doesn't seem to me that they are promoting a view that would resonate with somebody and change their mind. I think there's, um, if you don't know the what's going on with that ad and how significant it is, it could seem very benign. It's, it could mm. seem very factual. It's like, you know, and you don't, and people don't think too deeply into, wait, what's actually being said here? Mm. Right. Craig, just, just to backtrack a second for our listeners that might not know, you used the term turf. Can you? Um, well, no, um, uh, Brahman had already defined that as a trans-exclusionary oh. radical feminist. That happened so quickly I missed it. Sorry, Bronwyn. Do pay attention. Well, who right? knows? Uh, maybe in the editing process, Craig will be like, yeah, Bronwyn just sped right on through that term. I might have to slow it down. So it's a trans-exclusionary radical feminist. But, you know, but as you're saying, Craig, I mean, it's an ad that's meaningful for the people who know, and it can serve as a really good talking point for those people who be like, yeah, isn't this right? Hmm. You know, sort of, you know, maybe a transphobic gish gallop, if yeah. you will. So do you think that this um, Jolly Media Company are uh, sort of giving discounts to these advertisers who are promoting things that we generally wouldn't like? Or do you think that maybe the other advertising companies are saying, no, we're not going to run that ad and therefore go to Jolly Jolly Billboards because they're more um, open to running those sorts of ads? That'll be interesting. I mean, you know, reality check radio is being advertised in the back of some buses. Hmm. You know, someone right. is publishing the pamphlets that's being put into everyone's mailboxes. That's um, somewhat I mean, that's ironic. Jolly. But the, the- I mean, like with any sort of long term business relationship, um, you know, I I don't know for sure, but it would be a pretty good guess to think that in a long-term business relationship, there might be some sort of um, plan or discount that could be offered, but you know, you're probably mm. a- outlaying a good amount of money to regularly build the, the billboards. The buses one is particularly ironic because um, I'm a member of the humanist uh, council here in Wellington have been for a few years. And we were given some money a while ago. There was a campaign run maybe over 10 years ago, raising money, to put um, adverts on buses. the It was a continuation of the English campaign, Good Without God. Mm. Um, and the basic message was just, you can be good without God. And there were some variations on that theme. And over the last 10 or more years, every time we've tried to get buses to carry that message, they've always refused. They've always said that that is too risky for them, that they they don't want to carry adverts that say that you can be good without God, which is, it's again, it seems like such a benign message. I mean, it is atheist and it's meant to be atheist, but mm. the idea that it's going to cause any kind of discord seems a little bit weird. Wasn't the alternative that when, they, this, when the buses declined to put the ads on, it became a couple of billboards instead in a... It did, yeah. So... Some of the money was spent on billboards because one of the billboard companies did take our business. And then since then, we've ended up using some of the money for a couple of the census campaigns, just letting people know to vote no religion rather than Jedi on the census. So it's been good to get billboards out for that as well. I mean, I think this would be a great idea for the um, 100,000 challenge, getting some bus ads. For what? What are we advertising? The $100,000 challenge. But we're not pop it on the back of the bus. We're not advertising it to anybody, are we? 
Hmm? We don't. <laughs> what? Throw, what? No, it's sort of throwing out the challenge that, you know, you've asked Kevin Crochet, you asked Ken Ring, you've asked Sleep Drops. <laughs> Follow our website Who's and learn next? more and see these people. Uh, uh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe. No. <laughs> Sounds like a big decision that we probably need to take to the committee. So that's the jolly billboards. Not so jolly. Not so jolly in the slightest. So what have we got coming up on the calendar? Well, we do have Skeptics in the Pub in Wellington this Friday, 6 p.m. Hopefully this podcast is up by then. So as always, we are going to be inside um, the hotel, the Intercontinental Hotel in the Lobby Lounge, not inside the two Gray Street restaurant. Those are two separate places. So far, though, everyone's been listening to my instructions and showing up in the right place. So I don't expect any problems, but it's a great time. Spend a couple hours with myself, Mark, other Wellington skeptics. Join us for some drinks. The food's pretty decent. And the chat's always stellar, particularly if you like Star Trek. We do talk about Star Trek. Sounds very nerdy. And Mark dies a little inside every time. So that's actually also a big appeal. We don't. For those that aren't Trekkies, we don't talk about Star Trek that much. Although by the sounds of things with the Picard recent episodes, I'm imagining it's going to be a topic this Friday and I will just suffer it for a few minutes. Hmm. Only a few minutes. Uh, so there'll be a Skeptics in the Pub in Auckland on Tuesday, the 2nd of May. I won't be there because I'm going to be away on holiday. But no doubt Robin Kepper will uh, run it. And um, have, you, have you asked Robin this? Does he know? Oh, he's he just does. finding out on this he'll podcast. Yeah, <laughs> we're asking him now. <laughs> Robin, will you run it? Help us, rescue us. Yeah. May 11th is going to be the next meeting of the Dunedin Skeptics in the Pub at Umbrella's Kitchen and Lounge, and that'll be at 6 p.m. Very good. Awesome. And Skeptical Activism is next Thursday. And I don't know what we're doing next Thursday, but come and complain. It's always good to complain, especially if you're an old white man. It's just, it's in our DNA. Yeah, well, most old white men complain about different things than what you're going to be complaining about, I'm sure. Roman, you've lost me. Is it also cyberspace next week? <laughs> it will be cyberspace next Friday. Yeah, next week. That, Ooh, that one always cre- creeps up on us. It's like, oh, dang. It does. Organize and that. I will create the event tonight and get the invite sent out to all our members on our various meetup groups. And we will see everybody online next Friday, no matter where you are in the country, unless you don't have an internet connection, you have no excuse. You need to be skeptics in cyberspace on national online meeting on zoom. I'm, I'm hoping to see like 250 people in this call, please. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can zoom even handle 250? I don't know. I think we'd have to start having breakout rooms then. We're all done then. We are. Yeah, very good. All right. You have been listening to the ENR podcast. If you'd like to give us some feedback, you can send us an email to news at skeptics.nz. Sorry, my cult's calling me again. They're they're really tenacious like this. Every so often during the meeting, they re-hit the dial button to try and get new people in. I'll just hang up on them. Sorry. Done. Wow. Passive-aggressive. Just aggressive. Okay. So we'll see you all next time. Bye. Adios. See ya. See ya.